This is a download from MFR. The 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti. And he went, hi, and I felt like saying, oh, silver, and I thought, no, that could really make it awkward. <laughs> that really could make it awkward. It's been 11 days now. I'm like a prisoner. I get my food served at the bottom of my door. I get water. I get milk. And some macaroni cheese. And I got a... I'm not going to bend it I'll put it in my food sitting there. I'm like a prisoner. Have you got like a little a mouse in your pocket in that? No? Not quite, because I've got a cat. The cat will just maul it. <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs> Throws your money and I'll show you my bits. <clears throat> the 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti. Welcome to episode four of the 80s Rewind again podcast with myself, Paul Stevenson from the 80s Rewind show. Tuesday night, on MFR 2 between 7 and 9. And alongside me, as always, MFR Breakfast, Gino. Hello, you handsome 80s fans. What do we call people of the 80s collectively? What are they called? Are they 80ers? 88s? 88s, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, you know, octagons. Is it octagons if you're 80? Yeah, you're an octagon? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're an octagoner, we're not quite a goner, but <laughs> you're not octagoner if you're 80. What if you love the 80s? What are you? A lover of the 80s. You're not an eater. An eater, that might be one of those one of those gangs, oh. like where we've got to wear a certain colour. And flick knives and that. Yeah, and get yeah. hydraulics in the car and stuff and just go. Flick uh, knives are not cool, kids. Mm, and listen to music, it goes, mm. Yeah, uh, and the sort of it's, it's yeah, a giant boombox on your shoulder and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, That's what it's all and about, have yeah. a girl with a big bootay. Okay then. Sounds good. good. Anyway, this episode, episode four, is a special St Andrew's Day special music, Scottish music special, Scottish special, Scottish St Andrew's Scottish special, special, yeah, special yeah. Scottish. I brought my bagpipes thing. in. Really? Yeah. Let's go on and give it a blast. Well, I forgot them. Oh, you said you brought them in. No, I meant to bring them in. So you didn't bring them in. I forgot them. How many pairs of headphones you got on, by the way? <laughs> I got two on. <laughs> I'm doubling up on my headphones because that's my social <laughs> headphones and this is my work headphones. So I've put my headphones on because I've got my headphones connected to my I phone. I wish this was so a video cast because that I'm, just looks... I'm going for a walk later on. I'm double headphoned up. <laughs> hey, hey, put this way. If this set, see this set here? If yep, they I'm fail, seeing it, I'm seeing it. I've got these bad boys. Wow. They, these are got, they've got a German name. It's not quite as bad as Hitler's. Is it Hermann? No, no, I don't know what it's. Um, Steinheiser, whatever it is. Steinheiser. Yeah, that's what you should call people from the 80s. You're a Steinheiser now. That's probably what that means. It's not very catchy. But anyway, moving on. This is an 80s fest of Scottish music, and Scottish music was never any better than it was back in the 80s, was it? Oh, I tell you what, nothing was ever better than it's been back in the 80s, <laughs> as far as I'm true. concerned. This is very true. And before we start all that, um, a quick um, poll was released this week. I don't know if you saw it. PPL, the people that kind of collect all the music together, they're the guys that um, make sure you're playing the right music on the TV, mm-hmm. on the radio, um, cafe owners, nightclub owners, all that sort of people, they'll know about these guys, because these come in, snoop on you, make sure you're playing the right songs you've got your licenses anyway they did a collection of um, all the artists that have been played over the last century yes and um, they came up with the most played artists of the, Sc- of the last century from Scotland who do you think was number one number one I would think see that's the thing I'm trying to think I'll give you a clue you know, it's a, it's down as a, an artist I don't need a clue but she's also been in oh, the I know you said well. she do you know what I mean? Well, you'd never have got it. I, I was, gone with like, I was sailing. I was my, mentally go right on there. Go on I was sailing into the wind. Right. Okay. I was like, like Jack and Rose. Okay. Oh, on the Titanic, having a ball, having a great time. Oh, Which one were Jack's you? like, I'm a common boy. I wear a flat cap, but I'm trying to be rich and I'm trying to be posh. And I'm going to take this girl into an old-fashioned car and honestly, ride her like steam biscuit. <laughs> Make the windows steam up, and then she can put her hand put up her like hand that. On it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And what you've done is you've actually just went, "Hi, I'm Paul, the big massive iceberg that's just going to stop your train of thought and give you a clue." Like she, I was going to say simple minds because don't you forget about me, well, Breakfast Club, and all wrong. that. 
I just thought maybe it made them international success. <laughs> but then you've come in there and said, oh, it's a she. Now I don't know what, Madonna. Madonna, the biggest played Scottish act of the last century. <laughs> See, I even <laughs> forgot what the bloody question was. I even forgot. You you're too busy talking like, about Titanic. Like why? Oh, put it down, put it down, put it down. Put it down. Put it down. Really put it down. Shh, shh. Listen. It's flaccid. Listen. I don't want to know about what's flaccid. My stickers. Keep your gun. Anyway, the most played Scottish act of the last century is... A she. Yep. Are you still trying to think? I can just tell it's right in front of me. No, no, no. Oh, I want to have a kind of... See it again. I'm trying to have a guess. Big iceberg. Just give me the answer. I don't know. This is easy. I can't think. I'm under a lot of pressure. I'm under a lot of stress. I've got two pairs of headphones on. I can't find my bagpipes. Otherwise, I would have been sitting playing bagpipes. That would be my contribution to my input this, this oh month. My God. Can I tell you? Yes. Annie Lennox. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say the riff mix. Curse you were, curse you were. I can't yeah. remember her name. I knew Ginger. I was going to say Red Haired Bird for the riff mix. <laughs> that's the one. She's um, massive, massive. Um, well, the end of the 70s, the she's done lots. Yeah, that's right. Rhythm mix, then she had a massive solo career as well. She had uh, Walking on Broken Glass. Uh, remember, my yeah. sister uh, had, had her album. Uh, <laughs> what you going to say? Your sister walked on Broken Glass, glass. for a second. Sorry, I thought you said your sister was going to walk on broken. Oh no, 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 she loved, she loved um, Annie Lennox. I remember hearing quite a lot of that. And not Annie Lennox, just the musician. She also loved what Annie Lennox stood for. She does mm. a lot of stuff. Yep, went to yeah. Africa, a lot of charity work, and an ambassador here, there, and everywhere for sort of thing. And what's Dave Stewart doing? Sending us crap prizes. That's what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Goodie bags, yeah. Everybody, was it? Everybody dreams. Or yeah, it's yeah. Some, yeah it's still got that over there. Take a lighter yeah. to that. All right. Anyway. Uh, Annie Lennox is the most successful female British artist in UK music history with sales solo and in the rhythmics of 80 million records worldwide. That's Hold incredible. Hold on. Hold on. You just refer to as British there. You're either British or you're Scottish. Freedom! <laughs> okay? Well, you said she was Scottish. You, still, you told me Scottish. That's yep. why I couldn't think right. Yep. You know, then you said British because I thought, well, technically... Well, the poll was... I'm just giving you a different fact. I'm saying lump her in with the rest of the British Isles well. and she's even better than them still, all right? That makes her even better. So just shut it. Calm yourself down with your two headphones over there. I've had enough of you already. We're only two minutes into the podcast. Moving on. Number two. Who's number two on the list? Stop pointing at me. Keep pointing at me. Who's You're number po- two on the list? List of what? What bloody list? Oh, Shopping my list. God. <laughs> The list of what most, the most played Scottish acts oh, of the two, century. Is it, is it Proclaimers? No. Uh, Simple Minds? No. Scottish acts. Can I give you a clue or is this just a giant no, iceberg and you're going to go off and rant about no, 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 you can give me a clue. You can give me a clue. Okay. Again, it's another female Scottish artist who has done not so much solo, but she but she has done solo stuff. And she was in a Charlene big Spateri. Boom. From Texas. Boom. Hallo, who I used to quite like. I used to quite like, although I feel that she's she's not aging well. She looks like oh. she's like an Italian woman. And they get a bit more manly the older they get. She's a wee bit manly. She's got broad shoulders. She goes with a chef, seemingly. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, elsewhere on the list, we've got Katie Tunstall. Katie, number three, apparently. From the... from the. No, this is of all time. This is the last century. Katie okay. Tunstall. Yes, I know. I'll give you that. Number four was Mark Knopfler. Solo and Dire Straits. Oh, I love Mark Knopfler. I love, Mark, I love I love Mark Knopfler. Mm-hmm. I love about him that not just his guitar playing because he does it's really headband. weird. Um, yeah, no, it's not a headband. The best thing about Mark Knopfler yep. is how he came up with some of their greatest hits. For example, "Money for Nothing" mm-hmm. was based on two removal men mm-hmm. that were actually um, some Hollywood A-lister superstar, I've whoever seen it the was. Video, yep. Yeah, that was that's basically yep. the idea behind it. Where they were moving out, and Mark Knopfler was in there having a chat with whoever it was. Say it was Alice Cooper or someone like that, and they're having a chat, and he's got all this gear, and the guys are like, "Oh, money for nothing." They get their chicks for free. There's girls waking up in every bedroom, and that's where that came from.
from and sat on the swing he'd done a wee gig and uh, it was on his own and he was having a quick pint and stuff and then he just heard the band in the sort of dodgy pub he was in whatever it was I've just gone thank you very much good night we've been to sit on the swing and that's where the whole if you think about oh, the actual yeah. story of the that's he's just amazing he's amazing and he's Scottish get that up yeah back in my old days when I was in a band back in uh, college days and all that we covered Sultans of Swing that was one of our and tunes what instrument were you playing were you drumming I'm a drummer yeah yeah, yeah. I know it was doing. funny because uh, one of the guys in the band I think he was only 16 yeah. um, and he played all the kind of bar chords he was like the rhythm guitarist yeah. and he used to get cramp in his hand because it was all bar chords oh my word all the way through for five minutes while the other guy was giving all the well I think for the for the bing, 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 that bit I think it's fret three bar chord <laughs> and that's between fret five and seven that's all I know that's as far as I can go that's why I go you want to be a bit of something to swing and I go thank you and good night <laughs> throws your money and I'll show you my bits sorry <clears throat> okay, uh, elsewhere on the list number five where 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 do you know what I never understood what was the song um, wishing I was lucky what did they sing at the start they said she turned to Miley or something. I don't know. You can swear by my love. I, yeah, that's right. I, I think what it was. I've never understood that. I think Mark Pearl at the time was really like busy mates. He was BFF with um, with that. Billy Ray Cyrus, and he knew that Billy Ray Cyrus' wife was pregnant at the time, and he knew that Billy Ray Cyrus liked the name Miley. So he knew that she was going to be Miley Cyrus. So that's what he thought. He thought this is a wee tribute to Billy Cyrus. And seemingly it was played while... He's June's... making this up now. I'm not making it up. It's a true story. Oh, okay. Well, Miley Cyrus' mum, whatever her name is, Betty Cyrus, whoever it is. Betty Cyrus. Betty, Betty May Cyrus, I think her name is and stuff. <laughs> while she's giving a birth pool, Billy Cyrus is going to play, don't play my horn. My I can break a horn. During what? the birth pool, and she's upside down going... <laughs> pushing at the baby and then they actually played wait, 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 wishing I was lucky because he goes you can do this for Miley there you go. shall we hear it see what it sounds like yeah go for it go for it go for it okay ready, ready. He would swear by his mouth told you push ding number six Calvin Harris number seven Paolo Nettini number eight The Fratellis number nine Franz Ferdinand number ten Primal Scream that's amazing Primal Scream you forget Primal Scream or Scottish yeah. Oh, Bobby Gillespie. That's the one, They're so eh? loud, the place is loud. Can I have my Snickers now? Yeah, really hungry. Do what you want, man. Anyway, there's a lot of big bands missing off that list, and we're going to go over a lot of them um, between now and the end of the podcast because we've got some wonderful guests coming up on the show, including the man we're going to speak to uh, very shortly indeed, Ricky Ross from Deacon Blue. Oh, Ricky Ross Ricky from Deacon Ross Blue. From Deacon yeah, Blue. I think Rick, Ricky Ross is a good name if you want to be a superhero, especially if you want to be Scottish and you want to have, like, that's your sort of... What are they called when you've got... It's your alter ego. That's what it is, your alter ego. It's not the superhero. It's like Superman's ding 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 ding. Hey Lois, I can see your breasts through your through your <laughs> your your bra, but you're wearing lead panties, so I can't see your your haircut. And I said, but it's all egos. Clark Clark Kane, who now does it work for the papers anymore? He's sick of the papers, sick of them. I don't blame him. Uh, but we've Ricky also got a good. Sorry, it would be, it would be. We've also got Owen Paul. Sing it. What two people? I thought when I'd have money to book the one. Sorry, no Owen Paul singer. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah well, the singers no, Owen just one and person. Paul. Just no, just one person. Owen. No, we're not talking about Don Brothers or anything. Here. We're talking about Owen Paul. But that's that's. Do too... not read your show notes before you come through. These notes. <laughs> Look, I couldn't find these. Uh, I, I, I left them next to my bagpipes. Whatever, whatever. I left, I We've also got Kit Clark, guitarist from Danny Wilson. Oh, great! Band. And if you see, save me, we the learn in my save when I was merry. No, it's Danny Wilson made oh, his prayer. Okay. Listen, I'll get the end, but it goes ding, 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 bring. Beautiful. And we've also got Ian Bain, the drummer from. Run rig. Can't get much more Scottish than that, can you? He's on an advert on the station right now. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Have you killed two birds with one stone? I'm kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, starting off then with the big band Deacon Blue. Yes! Um, 
Are you a big Deacon Blue fan? Were you a big fan back in the day? Yes, is um, I was a big fan for Deacon Blue. I remember Deacon Blue played uh, played Murray. Uh, sorry, not Murrayfield. They played Meadowbank in Edinburgh, and I wasn't allowed to go, and I was absolutely gutted. My mate Vic was going. We were fans of Simple Minds. We were fans of Deacon Blue at the time, and I wanted to go because it was like cool. Dignity was cool if you like yeah, dignity. Yeah, cool. Who stopped you? Was it was it mum? Yeah, mum. Because having an Italian dad, he was very strict and stuff. You know, things going to happen and stuff. So it took a long time before I actually went to my first ever concert. Right. So gutted I never got to see him. Especially Meadowbank was like. What basically happened was there was there was Deacon Blue, there was Texas, even Prince wow. played Meadowbank uh, during the eighties, and we all cycled around on a BMXs and stood outside so you could hear it. <laughs> so and I thought to myself, you know, I'm allowed to do this as long as I'm home for like half ten, but I wasn't you allowed to go. I totally shocking. Guide, I was guide. However, I did get the opportunity. We're working radio borders. They played Gala Shields. They played is it the Border Union Shore, whatever it's called. Um, they played that, and I got to stand next to is it Lorraine? Yeah, that's the it. The girl yeah. I got to stand next to her. My so I, I, yeah, looking from like my stay, I was stage left and I stood right there because I was covering the board and you showed I had backstage all access all their passes so I basically watched uh, Doogie Duck Pond on the drums <laughs> I saw Lorraine oh, having dude. a wee swiggy wine as she was giving it <laughs> take me tea and Ricky Ross just leaning forward giving it big ones but it's because them as well but my own boat I'm every time I pack my lunch I have it in a sunblaze bag and the children call me bogey indeed I don't um, break my nose Anyway, yeah, the first album, Raintown. I can't believe it's 25 years old. It's just... 87 that came out. Uh, so 25 years since it came out, and it's just a brilliant album. I still listen. I put it on the other night just because I was going to interview Ricky, so I thought mm. a quick listen. Some great songs on there. When We Make My Telephone Ring. You remember that oh, one? Oh, I love that I tune, was on yeah. there, Chocolate Girl. Chocolate Girl was a tune. It was one of those tunes that I just absolutely adored. And I always wonder, was there... Was that, was that a slide guitar? <laughs> chocolate Girl. Chocolate Girl. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it sounds like it. So anyway, I caught up with Ricky Ross to chat about the fact that Raintown was 25 years old. Well, it's it's nice to be able to listen to. You know, it's it's really great that people still have the um, still have it in their collections. It's great that people rebuy it, um, and it's good that people value it. And people, but the most important thing is people still listen to it. And that, that, that's I'm delighted. You know, you don't have any uh, plan at all when you when you start these things, and you have no expectations that that will happen. But if it happens, and you can only know that with hindsight, um, then it's great. So yeah, it's it's lovely that people value the songs. They're, they're part of my life, part of our lives, and uh, so. So it, it very flattered. And it came at a time when Scottish music was probably at the highest peak it's, it's ever been at, wasn't it? With the big Scottish bands around at the time in the eighties. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think there's been a lot. I mean, I think I think it's gone on and on. I think I think that maybe maybe it was certainly a time when when Scottish music was it, it was maybe easier to you know for bands to maybe sort of uh, get major you know record mm. deals or something like that. Maybe that that was the time. But I, I, I think it's been creative, you know, all all through, and I think it still is, really. Good stuff. And touching on the the, the album again, just just briefly, um, it kind of reflected a lot of themes from the time, didn't it? It kind of enta- encapsulates a time and a place, Rain mm. Town. Mm. Um, and it, perhaps not too dissimilar to what's happening nowadays with the kind of the unemployment. No, that's right. Well, it, the, the background to it was certainly was certainly um, you know a really tough time in the eighties for mm. people. You know, really really hard times and uh, huge unemployment and and people. You know, people were quite scared, really, about what was ahead of them or what wasn't ahead of them, and and I think it was, yeah, you think you're right. It was very similar to what what a lot of people are going through now, what people are experiencing now, and so maybe there there is an, another resonance there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then moving on from that album to the next album, when the world knows your name. How did it feel when you knocked Madonna off the top of the album charts? You can't really remember all this. I mean, Kind of quite nice, you know. You kind of occasionally start to tell the kids these things, and they kind of look really, you know. But uh, but you know, they're all sort of um, 
lost in the midst of time, really. There you go, Ricky Ross from Deacon Blue. It's easy to forget just how big they were. Like, as I said in the interview there, um, knocking Madonna off the number one spot in the album charts when they brought out the second album, When the World Knows Your Name. But I think as well what helped Deacon Blue and what helps uh, Scottish bands is the fact that they are Scottish. I don't think, it, you know, do you know what I mean? I don't mm. mean I'm not being derogatory to any other part of the UK. I just mean that if you're Scottish, instantly the Scots will be behind you. If you look at nowadays, look at the, look at the view. Yeah, true, They're not yeah. exactly breaking records. They're not exactly getting to number one, but they haven't got a massive following. I mean, recently when they did Rock Nest in the summer, their whole tent came down because it was so busy. Yeah. You've got Lexi Powell and a teeny. It's just, it's just amazing. And at the time, Deacon Blue, it was like, wow. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I, mean, I, think, I think back in the 80s, there was kind of three um, big areas yeah. for, for music. You, you Liverpool with China Crisis and Frankie Goes to Hollywood totally. and Christians, all these sort of big bands that came out on there, Dead or Alive and stuff. And there was the kind of Leeds, kind of Sheffield area, the Human League and Heaven 17, that's all these sort right. of bands yeah, came yeah. out. And the other one had to be Scotland. Mm-hmm. I mean, clump it together, but there's massive, massive but bands. How can you complain as a Scot? Deacon Blue. Texas, oh, Simple Minds, all sort of developing yep. and proclaimers, all maturing big country, in, yep. in, in big country in the, in, the, in the 80s. Do you know what I mean? I would love if the Christians got back together, but that would only happen <laughs> in an ideal world where we can start again. Anyway, moving on to another Scottish band. It's probably my favourite Scottish band, if I'm being honest, and you touched on it earlier. Simple Minds. Oh, Absolutely tremendous. Um, going back to the 80s, they had three number one albums in a row. Uh, they had uh, three other top three albums as well throughout the career, um, and they're on tour next year. They're coming out with the greatest hits tour. They are, yeah, um, and they're playing places like Aberdeen and Glasgow and all that sort of stuff. Brilliant. Because um, I interviewed uh, Jim Carr a couple of years ago. Remember they played Inverness, yep, yep, and yep. he was gutted that he couldn't really get many Scottish dates in. But you know, I was gutted. I was absolutely gutted. Two of my favourite bands of all time are Simple Minds and Big Country. Yeah. What do they do? They announce a big act yeah. together, Summer in the City, up in Inverness. Yeah. Bang straight in the middle of my two-week holiday at Gran Canaria. That shouldn't fall. Why did they do that though? They but, could have consulted with well, me first to we find are, out when I was going away. It's not their fault. When, when did you put your holiday? When did you put your holiday? Before they announced that gig. Shut your face. True story. True story. Was it before? Yeah, it was. I was there. I met them all. Oh yeah, thank you. Did interviews and stuff. I, I got, hey, Jim Carr, like my new music because I told him I was writing a new song. Well, he did say it was crap. But do you want to hear the song I, I gave to him? Oh, I was really. working this piece of music at the time. It was very. It was very. It was like in a, in a fetus-like state. It was very early, early stages right, of development. Okay. Right, but it went. I love you madly, even though you treat me badly. And he said it was crap. Tim Kerr. He was, he was, I don't think he's he developed that song any further, have you? No, I'm still at still. He's still at that so, stage. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, how would you feel if Jim Kerr said that to you? You'd still write in. <laughs> That's true. It would be a big put down. But anyway, yeah, what annoys me is a lot of people kind of think of them as, don't you forget about me, Breakfast Club, kind of clump them all together with that. But that wasn't See, but even their song, really. They didn't even want to record that to start yeah. with. It was given to them. Can you do this? Da, da, da. They finally went with it. It was massive in America. I think it was number one in America that single. Probably oh, on the back well, of the It was film. on the back of the breakfast. Yeah, totally. didn't get to number one over here. But uh, it annoys me when people say, "Simple Minds." Oh yeah, don't forget. Don't you forget about me? And it's like, no, there's so much more than that. But that's the thing. You forget how big Simple Minds were. Oh, they were proper you arena f- rock stars. Yeah. They were. And you forget how big, how influential Jim Kerr was. I mean, let's mm. put it this way, yeah? Uh, think about the movie world, right? You had, um, you got England's accents, Patsy Kensett gets yeah. international acclaim by getting a part in Lethal Weapon 2, yeah? They're playing a love dr- interest in Mel Gibson, yeah, right? She was what married happened? to Jim Kerr. Yeah. She, do you know what I mean? Look at Oasis. Liam, who did Liam Gallagher marry? <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Indeed. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's true. But at the time, it was like, and I remember like growing up at the time, just thinking, 
wow thinking how big Jim Kerr was yeah. he, he is married to Patsy Kensett do you know what I mean unbelievable indeed and we think of how big Simple Minds were which kind of leads us on to our next interview here um, and as a youngster Owen Paul was actually on the books of Celtic Football Club did you know that it's two different players <laughs> No. Owen and Paul. No, no. Anyway, he gave up football to try and make it go of a kind of music career because the whole punk movement was happening and everything like that. But kind of one of the main influences, uh, and I kind of asked him about this, was his older brother Brian was in the original lineup of Simple Minds. That is unbelievable. Ah, well, there you go. So I asked him if, if his big brother was, was his influence and if that was the kind of reason he gave for giving up football and going into music. The, the guys from Simple Minds, including my brother Brian, had formed and uh, the punk explosion was happening and Brian and Jim, uh, Jim Kerr, Charlie Burchill, Derek Forbes, they were all rehearsing in my mum's house. <laughs> so I could hear them jamming their stuff. At that time they were just doing covers like The Damned and The Clash and stuff like that. And I thought it was awesome. And I kind of got dragged along. And, and a bit like uh, people going to youth clubs back in the day, during the punk explosion, everyone was joining bands instead of youth clubs. And I got dragged into another band, even though I couldn't play an instrument, which was the beauty of the punk thing. Mm. Uh, the guys that uh, got me into the band said, look, you just look good with a guitar. That'll do for a start. And then over the sort of, you know, early sort of rehearsals, and I just basically watched what they were doing. Uh, stood there with my guitar, trying to figure out what that chord was, what this chord was. And before I knew it, about maybe 10, 12 gigs in, I could actually make a noise. And then the singer of the band uh, had to go to a dentist appointment, which was a great shame for him. So I sung to get us through the rehearsal, and then they fired the singer on the spot and wow. said, he's our guy, we're going to have him. And that, then it kind of went from there, you know. So what, what kind of bridged the gap between the punk and the, the single, which everyone knows you for, the big, massive 1986 hit, My Favourite Waste of Time? Uh, well, a lot of things happened, obviously. I mean, I, I, I first joined a band, as I, as I was saying, about when I was about 15, 16, and we, we toured all over Scotland, and then all of a sudden we ended up in London, and then I got spotted by uh, Peter Powell, who was a, a DJ at Radio 1 at the time. We became friends, and uh, he waited until I left the band, which was nice. He didn't actually suggest that I left them, but when I did leave, he was on the phone right away saying, listen, I'm going to start a management company, you're going to be my first act, I've got a plan, blah, blah, blah. And then everything changed. The minute I went solo, I did some demos, um, sent them in anonymously to uh, Janice Long, who was on Radio 1 at the time. Yeah. And luckily for me, she was part of a programme called, uh, called The Oxford Roadshow. I don't know if you remember that. And it was a bit like um, a modern day of Jules Holland or that kind of thing. They had an unsigned slot, and every week they'd have a new act on who was unsigned. I appeared on there, sung one song, Within 24 hours, I was signed to one of the biggest contracts of the time. It was great. Wow, incredible. So how did the actual song uh, fit to you then? Because it's not actually original, is it? I think it was it Marshall Crenshaw that did it originally. Marshall Crenshaw wrote the original song, but what happened was I'd already I'd released... So I got signed to Sony, mm. and um, we recorded a couple of singles, which did really well. In fact, not a lot of people know this, but I was nominated for a Brit. There you <laughs> Back go. in the day, yeah. As a Best New Artist. This is before Favourite Waste of Time happened. I didn't win, but I got nominated, which was great. Anyway, I, did, uh, I had a session booked for my third single, and we planned to do one of, another one of my songs because we were getting ready for the album. But the night before the session, I saw a documentary by Bette Midler, and uh, in this documentary, she, all she did was she sang like a medley of little things. One of the tracks she sung was a chorus, just a chorus, 
of uh, my favourite waste of time. So anyway, about midnight, I became obsessed with this. <laughs> I don't know why, it just completely took me over. I was up all night, woke up the next morning, spoke to my uh, Peter, my manager at the time, and said, look, can we find out who that song is, or what, where it comes from, or whatever? I'd love to make a version or something of that. And we tracked it down, realised it was a kind of American guy, uh, this guy called, as you said, Marshall Crenshaw, who's a bit of a kind of country rock artist. Mm. Heard his whole version, didn't completely like it, changed changed a couple of verses, wrote some new stuff in it, put another middle eight in it, which wasn't there, and then went to the band. So my band are all waiting in the studio, thinking I'm going to be recording something. I walked into the studio and said, guys, this is what we're going to be doing, forget everything else. And, and in about an hour and a half, we recorded it, the whole thing. Incredible. And and it's funny, you know, I, I've heard a story about Ken CC saying the same thing, but we knew right away, well, I knew right away. It was going to be big. Just, well, as soon as it finished, it's not even that I knew it was going to be big. It's, it's much more personal than that. I knew it was going to cause me problems. <laughs> 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 I was like, it was like we finished the whole thing, mixed it and sat, and I thought, oh my God, what have I done? And the guys were like, what do you mean? It's brilliant. It's going to be a smash hit. I went, yes, but it's a pop record. And I'm much more of a rock guy. Mm. This could all go brilliantly wrong all at the same time. That is exactly what happened, actually. He was a rocker. I mean, he says later on in the interview, which which you heard on MFR2 on my show in full, he was talking about the fact that he looked up to like to Bono and yeah. Mick Jagger and he was a rocker and that's the way he kind of styled himself. Is that because he was short? <laughs> I don't know, on the big hair. Uh, his label wanted him to focus on that kind of more poppy sound that he brought out with My Favourite Waste of Time and he refused, ended up in a big kind of standoff court case. He decided to stop making music and it's only the last couple of years he's been back um, making music of his own. That's mental because, you know, just not hearing that uh, with you speaking to Owen Paul, you actually, I think to myself now, that's all, all, that's all I remember for. I remember that you're yeah. man, having a great voice, it was a great tune. And then that's it. There was no, I don't I, I even remember having the interest to take it any further. True, yeah, but then yeah. him, in a sense, disappearing the way he did, I was, you never want to question that. Grew up in the 80s and stuff. But it's interesting now that he's come coming back mm. and he's doing it sort of now or in the last sort of few years yeah. in the near present. Yeah. Because I think that sort of thing, getting treated like that, not being able to... to and back in that day, not so much now, because a lot of things are manufactured now. It's that or nothing, really. Yeah, true. And I feel that having the opportunity to, to refuse that probably maybe left that much of a bad taste in his mouth. Indeed, what well, you can think back, there's, there's other people that are in some... Uh, George Michael, you not remember the massive course? Was it Sony? He, he had was the massive trying to get out his contract, yeah. yeah. He wanted to do something different. He released, what was it, the album Faith or something like yeah. that. It was a massive, massive album. That's right. And then um, he came back, he was trying to do something slightly different, the record label didn't want it, and a massive standoff in court. And he, he was out of music for a few years as well, wasn't well, he? I know, From I, the I 90s, know. I tell you, he had a difficult scene, but he, had an awkward, he was in an awkward position as well, I think. He was in a toilet or something, he was trying to get out as well. <laughs> something to do with some contract with a police man was it was yeah, that is that yeah, something like that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah probably best not to touch on that nah, too we'll much that, we'll, yeah. well that's what that's what the policeman said <laughs> <laughs> moving on um a scottish band that sound very very scottish to me when i think of scottish bands big country kind of had that effect on the, the guitar the, yep. the pedal which kind of they, made it sound like the bagpipe and that totally that's sort of right that was their thing incredible that was their thing I remember um, watching the movie in the 80s Restless Natives oh yeah Do you remember yeah. that it was set in, yeah. set in Scotland and it was the wolf man and the clown and they used to rob the tourist buses and the soundtrack to that was 
big country and it was like uh, you know the, you heard this as you see there was like a yeah. you know that, that guitar that electric bagpipes you know, I wish I had my bagpipes to recreate that but on a, on a bag, but oh I forgot I forgot them I forgot them do you want to know a big fact about big country when you think of the four big members Mark Brzecki Tony Butler Bruce Watson and uh, Stuart Adamson obviously yes. sadly no longer with us that's right I can tell you none of those four were actually born in Scotland what true story true story Stuart Adamson he was born in Manchester moved up to Dunfermline when he was four you've got uh, Butler he was born in London Mark Brzecki from Slough and Bruce Watson was originally born in Canada does that mean our kids can't play for the rugby team? <laughs> well, I don't know if they want to do. Uh, so yeah, but it's just such a weird thing to think of, isn't it? You but think I suppose it's such an iconically sounding Scottish band. Yes, but look at this way: if they stayed where they were born yeah. and they grew up where yeah. they were, were born, uh, and they took musical influences from from whatever, yeah. wouldn't have had big country. And they may not have. Do you see? I mean, it's because yeah, yeah, they moved yeah. to Scotland at a young age and experienced and the sound of it all. Yeah, and then having that idea to see how can we modernise this. And their big album was The Crossing, which was when went platinum in the US. It was that big. They were big over there. They had a big single. Well, they used to be basically they were the band that advertised. Remember tennis? Remember the tennis numbers? In a big country, yeah. dream state. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Brilliant. That was the big song from that album as well. Um, the follow up uh, went straight into number one over here in the UK. I wasn't I wasn't as keen on the follow up. Steel Town. That was it. No. The second album. No. Keen on that one. The third album, The Seer. That was my favorite album. That had uh, Look Away. One great look thing. Away, the look away, look away. Many times I've said that, especially if I'm driving long distances and I've had to stop at the side of the road, I have to see everyone in the car. Look away, look away. Do you know what I mean? Put the four beams on. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I love, I love Chance. That's Chance, one of my favourites. Ah, yeah. and it's tune. a great radio song because it's quite short as well. You yeah. can just, oh, it's a classic. But my favourite song, song wasn't actually on officially on one of the albums, Wonderland. Yeah, that never. But I tell you what, I hopefully the mention of restless natives earlier in this bit of chat about big country <laughs> has going to, you know, that is you've got to watch it. It's hilarious. There you go, kids. Watch it, as recommended by Mr. Conti. It doesn't have any sex in it, nor does it have gory violence or mild tumour shock, whatever it is. What all the? It's not really got the stuff you see nowadays. Mild peril. Mild like, peril. Shut up. I think there's a peril in it, but <laughs> I think it's the boy's auntie. I don't know. There's a joke shop, and there's itching powder. And there's a man dressed as a woman. <laughs> Apart from that, though, I think it's actually it could be a twelve. Wonderful. Maybe it's a fifteen. And it was a fifteen, but it'll be a twelve now. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Gino Conti. That's a recommendation right there. Moving on, we spoke about Simple Minds a little bit earlier on as well. Um, one man that links Simple Minds to this next band is a guy called Jed Grimes. Now he's a current bass player in Simple Minds that tour around at the moment, but he started his musical journey with a band called Spencer Tracy. Hmm. Mm. Now this group, they were forced to change their name after Spencer Tracy's estate objected to the use of the name. They changed their name to Danny Wilson. Dum dum dum. And I remember him telling me the story about um, why they changed the name to Danny Wilson. The the dad was a big fan of uh, Sinatra, right? And they had like a B movie from the fifties called Meet Danny Wilson. Ah. And it was the dad's favourite film, and he'd always go on about it. So they, when they had to change the name, it was like, what are we going to call it to? Danny Wilson. And then from then on, the dad was upset because he could never talk about his favourite film without everyone thinking it was his son's band. Oh and, uh, my like, gosh, seriously, that's yeah. such a shame. That's what I was told, yeah. That is such that's a what shame. I was told. So anyway, their big single was, of course, Mary's Prayer. Everything is wonderful. Being here is heavenly. Every single day she sends. Everything is free. I used to be so careless. If I couldn't care less Did I have to make this mess 
It was released over here, but to start with, it didn't do anything in the charts at all. I think it took three or four releases, but it rapidly caught on in America first. And this is what Kick Clark told me from the band. Yeah, it did nothing here at first. And uh, then we started to get feedback from the States to say that it was uh, going up the charts. And it was all expressions we'd never heard before, like it's 17 with a bullet. And, you know, just like, what does that mean? You know? <laughs> so we were quite isolated from it and had no idea until uh, uh, we went out to, uh, to open uh, a a tour for Simply Red out there and then suddenly there was just all these people who knew the, the record really really well and you know we'd never been to the States before so it was just a complete kind of culture shock to us to, to go somewhere and people knowing our song and who we were and stuff it was amazing So how did it kind of catch on in the UK did, did that push the record company to, to push it a little bit more or? Yep uh, actually I think it was possibly it was either its third or fourth release um, they'd pushed it again mm. and, it, and it still didn't really do anything it was getting lots of radio play and uh not selling, basically. And then it kind of, eight months or so later, started to get lots and lots of radio play again, even though it was, you know, it was an old record by now. And uh, a couple of DJs started saying that this record should be released again. So Virgin kind of went, OK. And then that time it just went straight in at number two, you know. Massive single it was. Yeah. Now, what's the song about? I've heard a couple of rumours, including theories about it being a religious song or it's about a woman who's looking up to a singer of a band, that kind of thing. Is there, is there a, a reasoning behind the song? Is there a proper story behind it? It's kind of basic. It's just it's just kind of harking back to a, a lost love that uh, you treated badly at the time when, when things were well and, uh, and now you can't be there. And it just kind of uses a lot of that uh, religious imagery just because uh, at that time we were... Again, toying with it, some of this imagery and that because we, we just because we'd grown up with it, you know, like in a Catholic school, you get all these sort of things, and it was just like some of these words are really n- nice, some of these phrases are really nice, so just uh, used them basically to, to, as kind of an allegorical thing for what the song was about. And what's the story behind the video then? Because uh, there's so much going on in the video, isn't there? You know what? <laughs> I don't have a clue what's going on in the video. <laughs> I was expecting you to say that, actually. <laughs> it was uh, our first ever video. When it, when it came to the uh, the second album and stuff, we had much more fun with videos, uh, you know, because we were allowed to be involved in them and we knew what was going on. But when it's the first one, you're just kind of in awe. And it was... Um, Sue Huntley and Donna Muir, a couple of designers and artists who were doing really well at the time. You may, uh, they did a video for Dire Straits and one for Sting as well. It was similar sort of things, you know, cartoony sort of. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were kind of Virgin's favourites at the time, and they, they, they storyboarded it. And that, that one had nothing to do with us, and I don't have a clue what's going on in it. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. That's, that's my first honest comment on that. It took me 20 years to get it out. <laughs> Good stuff. Great tune, Mary's Prayer. Everyone loves that song. I love that tune. Just a that, massive tune. That isn't tune it? was massive. I mean, I was at high school hearing that thinking, wow. And it's one of those tunes then when it does come around on a regular basis, being on the radio, and it does come around, you actually love it. You actually love it. It's like hearing it for the first time. But why did you not end an interview with the plinky plunky bit of the end of the song? Because the song, it's, I like that. It's nice. Do you know what my favourite song is from Danny Wilson? And it's not Mary's Prayer. It's from the, the second album, um, what's it called? Bebop Mop Top or something like that was the album. It was uh, Second Summer of Love. Remember that one? Oh, love, love, love. Yeah, yeah. totally. Kind of jangly, happy pop, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, the first summer of love was here when I was much too young. Oh, the first summer of love was clearly just a summer long. I've been Jesus 
That's a great song. Yeah, I remember them. Um, Danny Wilson song. Um, lead singer Danny Wilson used to wear a hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Clark. Yeah. yeah, and all these things are very, very clear. Oh. It's, it's, it's reminiscing about all these Scottish bands. You can't think. Amazing. Oh, really? Oh, I kind of forget. This is what I'm saying. I mean, blessed we are. That's why big country moved up here. They thought if we stay in England, lads, we're never going to make it. <laughs> That's true. And as we're talking about Scottish bands, they don't come more Scottish than this next band, and they're about to celebrate their 40th anniversary. And for that, they're going to be playing a huge gig. I know who it is. Texas. They're going to be playing a big gig on the Black Isle showground next... Oh, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Guest. It's a... Uh, McDonald Brothers. It's a band which kind of provides the soundtrack to the end of most parties up here in Scotland. I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Got it. The Rabbi Burn Selective, because every party I go to earns in... Our old acquaintance... Blast the drum, Jimmy! Get your hand on your skirt! Damn, damn! Did you go to a New Year's Eve party? Like, no, no, I usually yeah. go, but sometimes I forget my bagpipe, so I can't go, because I'm obviously going this piper. That's okay. a bit awkward when it comes to the belts. Anyway, I was joined in the studio by this group's drummer, Ian Bain. He's been with the band for 32 of those 40 years. The streets! <laughs> Although the group are still selling out massive gigs across the world, I think they're in Germany at the moment, headlining some massive tours over there, 15, 20,000 people watching them. I'm talking about... Run Rig! Run Rig! Hey! <laughs> didn't take a long high can, five. Can high I go five. for a sleep now? I'm knackered. Oh, I'm not thinking. Can I have my Snickers? <laughs> you eat Snickers uh, while Ian tells us all about the very humble beginnings of the band and especially how difficult it was back in the 80s. We worked our backsides off right through the, the 80s and we had to fund everything ourselves and um, we funded recordings, we, we did all the fly posting ourselves. Mm. Marlene Ross, our manager, she used to sit at the door and take the ticket money. Ah. You know, 50p or something back then, or a pound, <laughs> you know, whatever it was. And we'd, we, we just worked and worked and, you know, travelling about in the old transit van with a couple of bus seats for, you know, uh, passenger seats and a kitchen chair. Brilliant. And there was, a, a, there was a hole in the floor you could see the road underneath you. <laughs> and, you know, but these are the memories that stick, aren't they? Aye, but, you know, bands that um, have gone the distance, mm. they've, they've done the grafting. Yeah, you know, they have a story to tell. Yeah, you sleep in the church floors and the beds with the, with the springs coming through and tearing your backside to pieces, you know. <laughs> so, you know, if, you, if you're committed to it and, and you believe in it and the, the passion's there, so the 80s were uh, kind of a real kind of learning curve for the band. Mm. And, you know, things were tough. You know, like any band that's, that's set, setting out, you know, you, yeah. you go deep into the red and you've got to fight your way back out. You get some good experiences. We had some real awful experiences back then. You know, we um, were approached by various people who were promising the world and ended up full of rubbish and <laughs> lies and... You know, and that costs time and money, yeah. and that can dent your confidence a lot. But um, you know, you, you offload the the dead wood, and you stick to your guns, and you, you refocus. And so the eighties were a particularly um, evolutionary time for the band. And I think we signed up to uh, Chrysalis Records mm. in eighty seven, eighty eight, and at that point, uh, it kind of took a turn, and that provided the launch pad into. Uh, 1990, 91 when it yeah, was yeah. the Lomond year, you know, and the band became the the entity. 
Indeed it did. Looking back in the 80s, I mean, there's so many big, big Scottish bands, weren't there? What do you think it was about the time and and the music at the time of the 80s? Because it wasn't just big in terms of the UK. They were were big all over the world, like Simple Simple Minds, Big Country, The Wets, all these sorts of people, Deacon Blue, yeah. I've always felt that um, Scottish bands, whether they be urban or what Rundrig is, there's there's a kind of innate melody within Scottish songwriters. Mm. You know, there's that that heritage of uh, music and culture that lies behind it. And I think that's always transposed itself into to, into the Scottish rock music thing. And Simple Minds, I mean, like you say, were absolutely massive. But if you listen into their music, you know, there is that almost Celtic hint in, yeah, in a lot yeah. of it. And Big Country's an obvious example of that too. You know, what a fantastic band they were. Remember, we supported um, Big Country in the Battlelands back in the 80s, and I was absolutely blown away. I mean, I thought, wow, you know, <laughs> this, is, this is what it's all about, you know. Good stuff. And the same with, with Deacon Blue. So there was a real kind of um, movement, and I think it shifted. And was there was there a togetherness as well? With, yeah, with all the rest of the Scottish bands. Absolutely, yeah, once. aye, there was. There was a, a real sort of um, camaraderie. Yeah, yeah, camaraderie. There was an esprit de corps, if you like, of you know, this is brilliant, you know, because nobody was doing what anyone else was doing. Mm. Everyone mm. had an individual Definitely, sound, yeah. and uh, you know, it was just it was symbiotic. It was a whole kind of. And I think after that, the music scene in the UK shifted down to the kind of Manchester yeah, and then yeah. the Britpop thing, you know. That was it, yeah. But all these um, Scottish bands that emerged then are very much still there. Ian Bain from the band Runrig, who, as I said before the interview clip, uh, they'll be playing a massive gig on the Black Isle Showground next August for their 40th anniversary. Incredible, well, they've been going so long. Well, well, You're still eating. I'm sorry. You've got the whole interview to finish that, were you? I've got the double one. <laughs> I got that. I've not got a drink. I've stuck to my face. <laughs> I don't have a drink. You've got chocolate on your face. You've got two headphones on. I mean, what's going on over here? Well, I've got. To, I've told you I've got two I headphones. I know, I know, I know. We should be filming this. That's what I say to the wife. But <laughs> <laughs> when she stops, we've got to stop and we don't speak. It's a nightmare. Yeah, I can imagine that getting quite awkward at that stage. It's been 11 days now. I'm like a prisoner. I get my food served to the bottom of my door. I get water. I get milk. And some macaroni cheese, and I got not gonna bedroom one. I'll put it in my food sitting there. I'm like a prisoner. Have you got like a little a mouse in your pocket in that? No, not quite because I've got a cat. Cat will just maul it. <laughs> but so that's what I'm trying putting that in your pocket. That's I what I like to say. So I just like to so Jen, if you're listening, I know you're a big supporter of the 80s podcast. I don't really mean it when I say we should be filming this. And I know I do it in a funny accent, but that's just to add a bit of the mood. Anyway, sorry, so I'd run like I run like we'll fight you as well. I'll just take my stickers. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they probably, they're probably their biggest hits anyway were the 90s, but still throughout the 80s they were touring and releasing and all that no, sort of stuff. That so. was a brilliant. What? Carry on, don't. How rude this is. Oh, thousands of listeners are going to be listening to you chomping away on your double sized Snickers bar. I don't. I did a bit of a. Oh, marathon. Should we call it a marathon? That would have been truly 80s. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, last time we did a podcast, you did it on a Sunday. I wasn't even awake properly. I had to have coffee. This, I've literally just finished work, right? I've done an eight-hour stint, big boy. And I have to have my lunch. And I need my sugar intake, okay? Because I'm not diabetic. Sorry, are you finished now? Are you finished? Violin out. Well, we've still got a couple of interviews to go. Shut up. Anyway, before we move on, because it is uh, November, early December when you're listening to this, probably, we're going to go through some gifts that you could buy for your 80s loving <laughs> relative, friend, whatever. If you think of, of, of a friend who's loving the 80s and you're stuck for what to buy them, we will be bringing you some ideas of what you can get them. But before we do that, and before we kind of finish up with our Scottish bands of the 80s, I'm going to go through my top five songs of bands and artists that we haven't talked about yet and that you might not remember. Okay? Yep. We'll start at number five with this one. 
Hipsway, the honey thief. Remember that song? <laughs> I'm sorry. You're completely blank to that one, aren't you? You don't even remember that one at all. It's vaguely, very vaguely. vaguely. I can tell you, it's Johnny McLone, who's uh, the guitarist in Texas. Before he was in that, he was in Altered Images, but between the two... Altered Images. Happy birthday. This was a top 20 single, both here in the UK and in the US. See, that is the difference. That was the difference. It was easy in the 80s to go across the big pond. Right, moving on to number four. Moving on to number four on my list of uh, five songs from bands or artists you might not remember is this one from Blue Nile. There we go, Tinseltown in the Rain by Blue Nile. What a brilliant song that is. Tune, this Such tune, an underrated band as well. Such an underrated band, but this tune uh, is, is good enough to have been remixed recently. Yeah, That's yeah, been around yeah. the clubs again yeah. recently. Love it. Tinseltown Rain, that reminds me last last Christmas I was at a party and I didn't realise it was one of those swingers parties. You had to take, there was like a big massive glass bone in my key. I didn't have my car keys with me, so I just took to my house keys. Before I knew it, I've got Tinsel wrapped around my, my special man area so I wouldn't get arrested. I sat in a hat, I'm walking home trying to get a taxi. <laughs> Hey, Tinsel Town and Rain in my head thinking, <laughs> when was the last time, do you know what I mean? When, when has that song ever been personified? Right now, kids. Ho, 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 indeed. A Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. My word. Paul Buchanan from Blue Nile. I saw him on stage with, um, we spoke about her a few moments ago, Charlene Spiteri. She He did um, a duet on one of their recent albums. I think my wife loves Texas. I went to see him, it must have been, what, six, seven years ago in Edinburgh. And um, she came on to do this, well, doing the middle of the set, and she went, please welcome on stage Paul Buchanan, Blue Nile. Oh, wow. Mental. Yeah, I quite believe it. Well, they, Brilliant m- to see him live Mutual together. respect for, yeah. for the Blue Nile. Did she at the time, was she looking as manly as she does now? Or <laughs> oh, she was looking still... lovely. Right, good. Yeah, she was looking lovely. Manta chef, she's manta chef. Indeed. Ike does a dinner, she does a hoover then. <laughs> that's a good deal. Indeed. Fair enough. But don't ask to film it, because that's when you get treated like a prisoner. Sorry. Well, you do at least, anyway. Anyway, moving on to number three, and you will know this one. Jim Diamond, Hi Ho Silver, theme tune to Boone. And I used to sprint down the stairs. Mum and Dad had stairs that went round to the left. And I used to sprint and give it the old like Charlie Chaplin, getting the one leg up, through the through the plastic because it was still in the 70s, really orange bright plastic. Thought it was perspex, I think it was it was the material. And sat down like that, and then Boone and Boone's giving it. Oh my word, amazing! And Neil Morris was in that. He was the young lad, wasn't he? Yeah. What was his name? Oh, I don't know. It's weird. It's a nickname, but Michael Elphick and Boone, brilliant. Do you know what I mean? That made me love the Elphick again because before that, all I'd seen him in was the Elephant Man. He's bad, <laughs> the Elephant Man. I always remember his, his uh, motorbike. Was oh, it red and, red and silver? Was it, red and, was it a triumph he had? Bike. I'm trying to think, was oh, it a was. triumph? But when he was an Elephant Man, he was <laughs> a bu- He was an Elephant Man. <laughs> no. He's the, the, the garden stuff when, when John Menick's trying to get a kip and he's giving it, don't mock me. I'm a good person. And he's like really bad towards him and stuff, and he's like, oh, I'm not an animal. 
Lovely. Thank you very much. Anyway, yeah, hi-ho, Silver. Hi-ho, Hav. I'm trying to talk about Scottish Sorry, music, though, I'm good. afraid. Okay, I just, well, I can't help it if I just go off and I think about things. Uh, it's because my sugar from my Snickers has kicked in. Told you, I should have got a duel. I know. Uh, Jim Diamond, hi-ho, Silver, written in memory of his father who died. Uh, oh, is that what it was? Before. Yeah, they asked him to write a song for the, the programme, and he kind of, his dad was a fireman, so it kind of all linked in nicely, wow. and that's why he was commissioned. A great Scottish guy. Met Jim Diamond once. Oh, right, okay. Uh, the true story worked at Radio 4th in Edinburgh, and I was away through my other side of programming department, and I'm typing away and I'm working away and stuff like that and Scott Wilson he was like my main sort of time just went hi Conte come through here <laughs> and here's Jim Diamond who I, who I knew from like obviously from yeah. being famous and stuff standing talking to Scott Wilson like they were like busy mates and all he said to me was you met Jim Diamond before and I was like no not at all not at all and it was like do you know what I mean and he went hi and I felt like saying oh silver and I thought no that could really make awkward that really could make awkward and I was like nice to meet you great stuff do you know what I mean and I you should have done that. And I just oh, how many that. people have well, done that? I, I should have known better. See, that's another oh. one. That was PhD. He didn't really have a PhD. Do you know what I mean? He did sort of like he was looking at like like um, the impact of the Earth should it hit a meteoroid, and he started doing all these formulas and writings. He says it was a rocket science, but he never quite got his PhD. Although he was in PhD. I think I'm getting confused. I think you are getting confused. Anyway, let's move on. Number two on my list is this one. So Orange Juice, Rip It Up is number two on my list of uh, top five songs from bands you might not remember from the 80s. Um, fronted by... Edwin Collins. Oh, there's a slight hesitation there. I thought you were going to attack me or something. No, what it is, every time you move your head, there's a oh. light at reception and it's a spotlight look and it points right in my face. And that's why I look so confused and like, I feel like a deer. That's the reason you look confused. Okay, I get it now. Um, yep, yeah, he's got um, a home or family or something like that up in Helmsdale Hill. Helmsdale. Helmsdale. And he's also, he's the, what is it called? You know, like the Highland Games? Mm, yeah, yeah. The, is it the Chieftain? Yeah, yeah. He's the Chieftain no, of the Highland Games. His dad was something like that before yeah. him as well. Yeah, he was on Twitter all last week saying, oh, I'm going to the day in Inverness, blah, blah, blah. But he spends blah, blah, blah. a lot of his time in Helmsdale, London. London, yeah, Helmsdale. Yeah. But he has to drive to Vanessa to get a flight. Unless he goes to Wiki Airport. Yeah, anyway. Moving on. My number one choice. And I'm um, a bit gutted, actually, because I wanted to just kind of shoehorn Jesus and Mary Chain in there, but I just couldn't leave anything off the list. But yeah. April Skies, I probably would have put as number six there. But anyway, number one uh, of my favourite songs from bands that you might not remember is this one. It's not too hard, it's quite good, it's quite nice, it's, it's rock, it's rock. It certainly is, yeah. That is uh, Gun, Better Days, who are better known for doing their cover of uh, Word Up by Cameo. Cameo. Well, every time you mention Cameo, or I see that video of Cameo, I think about that massive cod piece. Nice. It was massive. What did he have in there? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? The band fronted by Mark Rankin, whose cousin was... Ian Rankin. <laughs> no. We've spoke about her a few times. Melanie Rankin. Oh, that's a friend We've of mine. We've not spoken about her yet. No, she's a friend of mine. She's studied to be a nurse. Okay. I just, I've just, I've seen her Okay, blast. back on track. Sorry. <laughs> Ian, Mark Rankin's cousin, we've spoken about her a few times, is... <laughs> we've spoken about a few... Charlene Pateri. <laughs> yes, Charlene Pateri. Yeah, I told you. I, said, I was just messing about with you. Mm, I said Ian Rankin because I thought there'll be people out there stupider than me <laughs> thinking, this is like Q and QI. Is it QI? IQ. I've got QI. no idea what you're talking about. You used to be anyway. fine because you've got the beard. Am I the guy? Am I the idiot? 
What's his name? The comedian guy. What's he that? Alan that Davis. Name. Am I Alan Davis? You're Alan Davis. You and are you're Stephen Davis. Fight of like the 80s podcast. Is that what That's the one. Doing? Yep. That's the one. So anyway, Shine's a... Pateri, she did backing vocals on the group's first two albums as well. Texas. <laughs> she's from Texas. <laughs> well done. You're doing well. Yeah, like she's it. not from Texas. <laughs> she's in a band called Texas. We're from Scotland, Glasgow, because she's a Ouija. She goes, Hello, I'm Charlene Spateri. Spateri is Italian for spittoon, as in. <laughs> Better tell the cleaner about that. <laughs> but, You've destroyed the studio. Uh, okay, to the bus actually that. Looks like, You're it, out the door, son. It looks like I've been chewing tobacco because I've obviously still got chocolate in my saliva glands. Uh, my ducks. Is it my ducks? Enough, enough, when enough of this, enough of this, enough of this. Christmas time. Christmas time. What would you buy a fan of the 80s for Christmas? Something different to do. Amazing. Brand new out. It's for your Wii. If you're a big fan of 80s music, you've got to get this. It is... We sing 80s. We sing 80s. Computer game for the Wii. Computer game for the Wii. That's and it. this is basically a karaoke-based party game. We've even got a microphone with it, and we're going to have to just... We sing the 80s. You're damn right we sing the 80s. Every day of the week we sing the 80s. But even now more so. Yeah? And we're going to let you hear how it sounds. <laughs> Look at that. What are you choosing? What are you choosing? I'm using Tarzan Boy, Bob Tamora, and that actually shows you the proper video. Awesome. Like the boy in the telly. That's it. A fire that blows. <laughs> a single to the sky. As you know, it turns a bit of 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 I noticed that, I noticed that. Cool. When's your duet with Giorgio Moroda? When are you doing that? Yeah, when are you working with him? That's what I'm saying, that's what I thought. You were working as a waitress in a cocktail bar When I met you I picked you out, I shook you up and turned you around Turned you into someone new Don't, don't you want me? You know I can't believe it when I hear that you won't see me Don't, don't you want me You know I don't believe you when you say that you don't a fast need bit. me It's a sound of that will You think you've changed your mind Boy's done good You better change it back or we will both be sorry Don't you want me baby He's using the diaphragm kids Tomorrow. How good were you? Uh, I loved it. I, I thought it was. I thought it was better than what it usually is because mm-hmm. what we did was what did we play about before we did we practice before yeah, today yeah, we did, yeah. and we did the karaoke mode and that was like the solo sort of game mode. So I'm sitting yep. here competing against the game and until you pointed out I was getting a really high score, I was just trying my best to keep 
keep yeah, the timing going. Yeah, I didn't notice to start with because there was like the little bars across the screen yeah. when you were hitting the right notes at the right time and all that kind of stuff. It was yeah, filling up your Yeah, but yeah, Baltimore yeah. Tarzan boy. But what I love the fact is it shows the original video and yeah, it's just yeah. amazing. Like. I know, I was thinking that when I picked mine. I went with uh, Human League, one of the biggest bands of the 80s. And it's brilliant to see the video because it's probably one of the most iconic videos and I love totally. the opening lines and everything. So yeah, it's just such a fun game to do. I think I it's love one it, of those. Love it. Do you know what it is? What I love about we singing is more than I ever slightly than your know, average karaoke mm. or the other sort of singing games that are there. I don't feel intimidated by it. Yeah. I think because it captures a whole um, era. You know, all it's got the best songs. It's got Smooth Operator Shady. It's got Total Africa. I think as well, it kind of it breaks the ice immediately because people can laugh at the videos. Totally, yeah, yeah, you exactly. You look back at yeah. how cheesy they were. How good they are, in my opinion. But and how cheesy they were. People straight away, they're not focusing on you singing. There's no pressure on totally. the fact that you might sound a bit dodge. But and usually video you karaoke, brilliant. it's usually somebody walking on the beach or yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Or like Bumblebee in the top corner yeah. in the yellow background. That. It's totally irrelevant stuff, yeah. images. But the actual thing is, you can actually actually feel like and I says you you sounded and felt like I felt like Phil Oki was in the room when you did your <laughs> well, human league to be fair I felt like Phil Oki at one point so it's got a double thumbs up for me definitely do you know what we should do now what drag people in from the office let's That's go get them do. let's see what they say hi I'm Craig I picked cameo word up I enjoyed that it was the real music video sound was good the Video quality was good. Definitely. I would definitely recommend this to other people. All my friends. Great for house parties. Hello, I'm Richard and I chose to sing Lionel Richie all night long. Let the music play on. Everybody sing, everybody dance. You know what? I really enjoyed myself. I mean, nothing better than singing a bit of 80s on a Saturday night. I couldn't think of anything better to do. Why have X Factor when you got this? Oh, no. Oh, Oh, Yes! Uh, hi, I'm Nikki. I picked Smooth Operator by Shadi because it absolutely has the cheesiest and worst of all the videos I can remember from the 80s. Smooth Operator Coast to Coast LA to Chicago Western day. We sing 80s. Mm -mm, that's on my Christmas list. Cross the north and south to Kilago. Love for sale. I want to do a duet. I want to do a duet. My name is Ian and I chose to sing oh, Yaz the Only Way Is Up. I'm not a very good singer, I know that, but I think when you get up and you get the mic, you just get into it, you know, when you get into the zone. The only way is up, baby. For you and me now The only way is up Baby For you and me now Oh yeah I do not really love it, eh? So there we go, that's our review of the We Sing 80s game. Fantastic. Everyone had so much fun. There you go. Everyone loved it. Will you came back. I'm still singing 80s from America. Unfortunately, that mm -hmm. one's not on the, the game. 
I know. I was thinking that myself. But I might be on volume two, so obviously it might be. Yeah, I'm just yeah. planting the seed. Yeah. Amazing! What a good laugh we had. It was a great and game. We got so many people involved. Everyone saw it. Yeah. What's that? What's that? And they all went to go. And oh, do you know what I mean? And even though we we're telling them it was for the podcast, they all knew it was fun. <laughs> we were just a drama sky, mate. Yeah, just a little, like, mate, just a little. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for episode four. No, it's not. It's not. No, no, no. Oh, oh, come That's not it. We're missing something. What? I've mentioned him a couple of times. We cannot do this show, the podcast. Yeah. We cannot do We Sing 80s. Yeah. We cannot just let this St Andrew's Day special end without including two of the most iconic people to ever come out of Scotland to be famous musicians. The Crankies. No, the Crankies. Sam W. Dozie had a big single. Don't you think that's wrong? Uh, very wrong. Look at the trouble Jimmy Sapp. <laughs> uh, anyway, finishing his missus pod- to pretend to be his son and all that. I mean, what's going on? Well, I, I can't even get my missus to film us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If I was to go home and say, go and put on a, a, a school uniform. Pretend you're a little boy. Do yeah, it. pretend you're a little boy. That's, and I'll be like, something oh, very, very wrong I'll be that. laughing along, trying to bowling ball you any other chance I get. Do you know what I mean? To a live audience. And you're going to let me film it. What? Oh, I tell you. Anyway, yes, 80s. we cannot do. I know, but everything was okay in the eighties. No, everything was all right. Yeah, yeah, everything was okay. A horse was a horse, of course, of course. Right, listen, we cannot finish this podcast. Keep that in. We cannot finish this podcast until we at least pay homage to. Right, I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. Right, I'll give okay, you a clue. Okay. Now, don't tell anyone. All right. But the last 3D move I went to see, I pushed the lenses out of my glasses and I stole them. Right, so I'm just going to put them on. Hold on, wait a minute. Oh, here right, we go. look. Oh. Imagine me twice. <laughs> One guitar. <laughs> dee, dee, dee. The Proclaimers. Yes! Oh, no. Do? How are we going to get the Proclaimers in? Oh, no, we are now. What? Hold on. What? Well, it's not going to work. What are you talking about? Well, they played Inverness a few weeks ago. They were playing oh, Eden Court. I thought you would have thought. They were just doing like, they're doing their, their tour yeah, and stuff because they they're leading up to playing. Yeah, they came through Eden Court just uh, a week or so ago. <sighs> if we'd have thought we could have got on ourselves that. Oh, hold on. Truffle, shuffle. Hold on. Hold on. What? I, I know where this could work. How? I've got, I've got a new car. I bought it off this uh, old fella. Got big white hair in that. All right. Was he a doctor? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool, was called, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, he, he said he said where where he was going. He didn't need don't need roads. So he didn't need the car anymore. Yeah. Oh, where was he going? So I traded in my old seat. He went to Japan. <laughs> I don't know where he's going. He's living in the side. You traded in that old wee run around Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you so got I've, I've got this nice silver car now. Yeah, and I think uh, there's loads of buttons. There's loads of dates and stuff in it. So. I'm sure. Oh, come on, come here. Come on. Come on. Let's go. I'll watch this. Let's see if this works. Come on, quick. Go. Go. Right, this way, do you know? This yeah, way. This way. Over here. Here's my car. Go on, let's see how it works. Yeah, cool. It's cool, isn't it? Let's go here. Have airbags? Has it got the same name of a inside the airbag? Sorry, what? I've never thought I'd get this crossed at DeLorean. I went for than one on eBay, like in the old fashioned toys. I'm so excited, I'm so happy! This is my regular runabout car now. Anyway, the doc said to me I've got to put some stuff in the top. What have you got in your pocket? I've only got, um. What have you got in your pocket? I've only got a doily because I've lost my hanky. How far are we going back? Um, only a week or so, isn't it? Yeah, a week or so, and it's just a eating coach just on the road. A doily will do. Stick the doily in the top. Sure. I'm going to need bananas or something. Doily in the top. Doily in the top. Right. Sit, shove it in quick. Come on, got to move. That's in. Right. Oh, that in. What do you mean? I like all these flashing lights. These are cool. Right, well, we're going back a week or so, yeah. Press these buttons here. Awesome. Right, so we have to generate 1.21 gigawatts. 1.21 gigawatts. So that means I've got to hit. Is it 18 miles an hour? That's it. There's not much space, but where we're going, we don't need roads. Start it up! Wow, there's a car out there that looks like something in the 80s. The flames coming oh, out the back yeah, of it. Yeah, it looks yeah, a bit familiar. 
Looks like a drug dealer's car, oh, so I don't know what's going on. Hey, it's our car. Well done, well done. That's a DeLorean, like. Do you not recognise it? Pimped it up oh, slightly man, since my replies days. It was yeah. criminal activity then, in the DeLorean <laughs> floor. That was it. Yes. Well, we knew you guys were playing, right? And we'd yes. miss a gig. So the only way we could come here to see you was to go, is it, are we going back to the future? I, I, or forward to the, I don't know. Forward to the like, past. Yes, yeah, like yeah. how hard it is, but just two year. Yes. Two year and a doily to generate <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts of energy. <laughs> it's a bit like the Flintstones, we stick our feet through the floor and we go for 88 mile an hour, it's quite difficult. Anyway, we're here with the Proclaimers. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Um, yeah, let's go right back to the 80s. We're doing an 80s special, right. St Andrews, everything Scottish. Now, you guys were part of the massive Scottish, I'd not say invasion, but kind of, what's the opposite way around? Renaissance. Renaissance, that was it. Yeah, Scottish music was never any better than it was at the end of the 80s. And tell us, guys, what was it like to be part of that massive, massive scene? It was good. I mean, I think I think there was a, it just so happened there was a lot of Scottish bands came up at the same time. Mm. Not playing the same kind of music. I think that was a good thing, you know, was just loads of acts from, from Edinburgh, for Glasgow, for Dundee, you know, for all over that came up at the same time. Uh, and to an extent it was like a, like a smaller version of, of Merseybeat in, the, mm. in about 63, 64 where, where every Scottish act for a couple of years every Scottish act got signed up <laughs> whether they were good or not That's some true. of them went on to make huge hits some of them didn't you know but there was there was a huge number of Scottish, Scottish acts that got signed up between about 85 and about yeah. 91, 92 mm. I mean there'd been, been some sort of with Simple Minds that was a lot earlier they were kind of what 80, 81 yeah. Yeah. and they started bringing through a couple of fantastic albums you know and they'd, they'd grown they actually grown into a stadium act yeah. by the time people like Craig and I or, or Hugh and Cry and Danny Wilson and that were breaking through those boys were at the stadium level particularly in Europe so they were kind of, they were the first wave, you know, or the first 80s wave, I suppose. There did seem to be a lot of people as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether it was a thing of uh, there being a lot of people who'd had a lot of time on their hands in the earlier part of the 80s, <laughs> through unemployment <laughs> or through, through various Tough things, times, yeah. and they've been able to, uh, you know, they've been able to get in the music and get into various things. It was also maybe slightly easier to go to university in those days, and, you know, it was certainly easier to get the dole in those days, mm -hmm. that's for sure. Um, so there's people maybe you had more time in their hands that were able to be creative and uh, I think that yeah there was some sort of it was some sort of nations I think of Scottish music yeah. and as Craig said it was the, the bands were, were not entirely different but very very different mm -hmm. sound. Uh, you know, from Danny Wilson to Hugh and Cry. Did you did you guys as, as acts mix at any point in the eighties? I mean, was no, there you met them all along the way. You know, yeah. you met them on the way. You met them at airports. You met them at Toby and Pops. <clears> and, you know, <throat> things like that. You met. You know, it was it was one of these things where um, certainly we, we certainly never felt were any part of any scene. But you would obviously you would meet people who were your contemporaries. You know, yeah. you were around at the same time. So yeah, it was funny. Simply, a lot. There was a hotel in London called the um, Columbia, and bands that stayed there for years and years and years. And it became like a hangout for Scottish people, Mersey, like Liverpool bands, mm. Sheffield bands, and stuff, people who couldn't get back home in the evening <laughs> if you had to stay there. And that became a bit of a, yeah, there's a lot of bands stayed there, yeah, a lot of yeah, Irish bands yeah, as well, yeah. became a, a kind of rock and roll hotel. But that had been around a long time. But you meet people like that, places like Columbia or as Craig says, TV studios or, mm. you know, you're putting the parts of lounges, you're pumping the people and say, hi. Are you making a note of that, Gino? When we go back in the DeLorean, we'll head for the Columbia Hotel. <laughs> That's what we'll Sounds like the place to be, like. I think it's, we're burning we're burnt that doily, we need to get another one. <sighs> we're going to get one of them. I don't know. I've got a Luro and, and a brush. <laughs> right, we'll sort it out. So what else do you remember about the 80s? I mean, talking about the music, what about TV, like movies, what stands out for, for you guys? What were you into? I, I was, honestly, I never really bothered. I mean, I, I, we, we were... 
we were unemployed for most of it, and so um, I can't say that I didn't see a lot of TV, but I did because I did. But there was nothing really that they kind of. I like Cheers, like the American things. Yeah. Like, things oh, like yeah. Cheers were quite good. You know yeah. that was kind of yeah, generally that was probably a higher quality. You know, I'm trying to think what else was on at that like, stage. The yeah. tube that was good. Yeah, yeah, first time you were ever on that. Yeah, I actually yeah, yeah. watched that, that as a fan. Program. That that was yeah, that was that was my favorite. One of my favorite. That was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah, a lot of unsigned. That was the big music showcase. But go back to Cheers. That thing with Sam and Diane. If he was Scottish, he would have just got drunk and that would have been it. Yeah. In the toilets, and <laughs> yeah. they bother. That's it. Don't you think? That's it. Well, you know, there's cultural differences coming <laughs> through. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I suspect he, well, he would have done, undoubtedly. And he wouldn't have looked as handsome as most of the time. <laughs> and he wouldn't have been as sober most of the time. Because he was supposed to be recovering that's alcohol. Right, that's right. But uh, he definitely wouldn't have looked quite like that. He would have had uh, at least a broken nose and three scars. <laughs> right, well, guys, we're going to have to jump back in the DeLorean, I'm afraid. So. I'm Thank driving, I'm much. driving. Oh, Stop okay. for chips as well. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll do that, we'll do that. Thank you very much for joining Thank us. You. Thank, Thank you. you. When you go, will you send back a letter from America? And we're back, we're back. Oh, I tell you, what, wow, wow. Is that, boy? Oh, it's a, has that got earbags? Has it got earbags? I've, I've never crashed yet. I tell you what, like, my guy's going to go, man, oh, that's two dollars down I've used. How was I said you got last Christmas to be raging. But wow, you've got a DeLorean. How I cool are we? You, we're totally you. cool. With, hey. let's, we're, we're going to... You look, doubted me. You doubted listen, me. We have to go back to the past, right? And yeah. we have to basically kidnap Hugh Hefner. And then we'll, we, you and me will be Gino and Paul's players, Playboy Mansion. Oh, right, I was going to say, then there'd be no Playboy and then you'd get no uh, spreads no, no, of like we'll the Belinda Carlisle and Debbie Gibson and Tiffany Dale. No, no, we'll there. steal his idea. Ah, oh, right. I think Can you imagine that? Doing the next podcast from the Playboy? You know what I'd do? I'd go forward maybe 30 years and get a sports almanac maybe and start betting on things like that that's probably what I'd do why would you go forward oh because you can't go back because <laughs> if you go back and steal something that's not going to help you now is it you fool <laughs> so that's it that is it that is Scottish it. music I mean Ricky Ross from Deacon Blue the Proclaimers thanks to my wonderful new car Owen Paul we've had Ian Bain from uh, Owen Paul was just one person mine. Just one, it wasn't like he's not actually had an extra name it was Owen Paul that's true. And Kit Clark from Danny Wilson. What a fantastic selection of 80s musical maestros. Right, let's get back out to that car park. Yep. Let's get a date programmed in. Yep. What we're going to do, future for an almanac, or we're going back to try and kidnap Hugh Hefner? Let's do both. And on that note, we're going to have to win the podcast at some point, because I think we're on to about hour two now of the show. It's been a wonderful one. Our next episode, episode five, will come out just before Christmas. It will be a Christmas-related 80s podcast special awesome thing it'll be amazing it will be it'll be better than Decade itself indeed until then catch you later bye the 80s Rewind again with Paul Stevenson and Gino Conti thank you for downloading this podcast get more from the North's number one radio station at mfr.co.uk